0: Punters and Welcome to Inside 50. Shane Crawford's a little bit nervous this week because we've got another media superstar and former AFL champion in the studio. A warm welcome to Cameron Mooney. Cam, you look fit as a fiddle. You me? look fit enough to still be playing.
1: Well, thank you, mate. Hey, Crawford. You want to play for Admona, the Bushcats? Um, the team uh, you I'm know what? what? <laughs> Baxi Rook rang me the other day and goes, oh, i want a, got a game up back up at home over <laughs> and you, you interested? <laughs> I said, yes, I am, but bloody work gets in the way every weekend. I'd love to play country footy. Well, was so, a so what had a game? I played in Tassie after I retired. I reckon it was 2012. <laughs> yep. One game. Did you? And it was the worst game of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: was it wet, wet it down there? It was wet. It was cold.
1: Oh, no. I didn't train. I just thought, you know, yep. I'd rock up and you kick. You need to have a kick. I'd kick four or five. I was cooked in the first five minutes. <laughs> hardly got near it. I had people over the fence just abusing me, just saying, what are yep. you even doing here? So I said, right. Done and dusted. I kicked one goal for the game. It was off the square. It was off the ground in the square. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. We had a win, had a good night after it, and that was about it. I hung him up for good.
2: You, you said I got nervous and you were talking about media career, but I got nervous because this man used to throw a few punches out on the <laughs> field. He used to, you know, innocently, I didn't mean that, but he had a bit of go on him. And, um,
1: I was the original clumsy.
2: Well, it's normally the defenders that throw punches and accidentally get you in the head, but it's very rare that a forward could somehow whack the defender in the head, accidentally of course, whilst going for the mark. Well, I always had the the excuse
1: of, well, I was caught behind so I had to spoil, and just unfortunately (laughs) the eyes just dropped down a little bit, Croft. But don't you love it? Don't you love it when a
2: big key forward or a big... Player on your side throws the body around; it, it just lifts everyone else. So uh, you always, you always had to turn your head because <laughs> you're like, "Where is coming? Well, me. I had to, of course, cause because <laughs> I wasn't, uh, I
1: wasn't of the the ilk of a Rewalt or a Brown or Favola and all these type of guys. So I had to bring try and bring something a little bit different. Were you always sporty, Cam? Always sporty. Grew up with two brothers, um, two older brothers. Grew up on a farm just out of, outside of Wagga Wagga near Menga and. Yeah, every day was... Is that near Barambula? No. No. Other wrong. way.
0: Wrong
2: way.
1: <laughs> Closer to
0: Albury.
2: So, uh, what uh, what's it called? The the holes? No. Uh, the... Um, oh, anyway. I should know.
0: Like you don't have postcards yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> Haven't you travelled a bit? No, but I've never been there. I've always driven par- through Wagga, because Finley's only a couple of hours yeah. away, but there was always a place just out of Wagga about half an hour, but uh, it was like on a hill. A bit of a tourist destination. I'm going to find, I'm going the to rock. research the rock that's it so it's called the rock mm. it's literally
1: just a big rock
2: oh, it's just a rock you just <laughs> go and walk to the top of the rock you just climb up a rock it's like is
1: rock well yeah, not quite yes, a, not quite as big Okay. Well, there you go. Maybe I don't need to go there. Sorry, Quinny. That's that's tourism through Riverina. (laughs) What a great start to this (laughs) podcast, this is Pete. But yes, Quinny, always sport, uh, always footy. Old man was a good footballer, country footballer back up there. And my brothers, as you do as as a younger brother, you follow your older brothers around and annoy the hell out of them. Um, And then so footy and basketball and, and because we're up in Waggaway, a lot of rugby. Lot of rugby, actually, it was good.
0: And Wagga, what an amazing sporting town! The superstars mm. that Wagga has produced: Wayne Carey, Cam Mooney, Michael Mark, Slater, Mark, Mark Taylor, Taylor. Yep. It's Paul incredible. Kelly, Paul
1: Kelly, uh, Simon, not Simon, I'm about to say Jeff Lawson. I think he's up that way. Scobie Beasley. There um, you go. Yeah, and there's a heap of rugby players. I can. Right right it's, right it's, it's, it's ridiculous how Cameron many. Cameron Mooney. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. R- I'm right down the <laughs> bottom. Right down the bottom of that one. It's funny because we had the uh, the Riverina Team of the Century, yes, uh, only yep. a few years ago. Yep. Um, and I can't. I'm actually embarrassed that I made the side, to be honest. But to be in that side, and I look at the names on that Riverina Team of the Century, it was just ridiculous. Ridiculous the names.
0: But it is amazing, the population to person percentage. Mm. How many elite athletes have come out of that region?
1: Well, it's just a big sporting town. It really was. Look, I haven't been back there. I left there a good 20 years ago now. Um, It's probably not as sporty as it used to be, but growing up through the 80s and 90s, uh, it was just sports mad, like I said. Because it was right near, uh, obviously in between Sydney and Melbourne. So you had the you had the rugby people, and you had the AFL people, and and everything in between. So it was, um, yeah, it was a fantastic place to grow up. It really was. And I, I left there when I was sixteen years of age, and I moved over to Canberra for a year.
2: You went to Canberra for well, a I year. I went
1: to Canberra for a year, Croft. At sixteen years of how age, was how was that? Did you, how do you think I liked that?
2: Well, probably not a lot. I hated it. <laughs> did you? Yeah, what? Just too cold. Just didn't too sort cold. Of suit like, you? we got
1: billet out. So a heap of. So it was the under 18s um, Back then, it was the VSFL. Now the the TAC Cup. So New South Wales ACT brought a team in in '96. So a heap of Wagga kids or Riverina kids got billeted or moved to Canberra, and we got thrown out in different families.
2: Oh, that's tough. And if you know like- Canberra,
1: it's the most spread out little place you've ever ever been to. So we were we were you know half an hour to forty five minutes away from each other. So we could hardly see each other, and we're going to a school which was another forty five to an hour away. As you know, Canberra in the middle of winter—it's minus in the mornings. We didn't really have anyone to wake us up, so it was a lot of sleeping in and a lot of missed classes. And is that why you played angry? Your whole career? Yeah, I was just cranky about <laughs> Canberra. Still <angry> about Canberra. <laughs> Canberra did it to me. <laughs> so, uh, and luckily enough, we had a practice game at the start of the year, and it was uh, a game just before uh, North Melbourne played Sydney uh, in one of their prackey games. And I had a really good game in the ruck, and Dennis and the boys all were there watching. And I virtually got drafted from that game. So I was very lucky because my, my season was, was horrendously up and down. I got dropped a couple of times. I got sent home for drinking we're just, with we're we're a couple of other boys. So we we were just all over the place. As young 16-year-old boys...
2: Yeah, you're just finding
1: your way. Dave Noble was our coach. And Dave and I, we, we butted heads a lot at that age because he, he wanted this really professional outfit. I and mean, we were just kids. So we, we Kids kinda, from the bush. Yeah, kids from the bush who liked a good time. So we didn't quite get along. Um, but luckily enough... Yeah, I got drafted virtually from that game. So, so
2: did Sydney, being New South Wales, did they have priority picks back they then? They didn't or then. Or no, no. It was, now it was the
1: draft. It was back in the draft. And the draft. My older brother Jace was there, so I was filthy because I wanted to go to Sydney. You know, I grew up basic. I grew up a Carlton fan, but by the time Jace started playing senior footy, I became a Sydney person because I just loved watching Jace. So I, was, I really wanted to go to Sydney. Uh, I actually didn't put in for the draft because I was 17 years of age, and I, and I, I still had another year in the under-18s. And I thought, well, I'm not ready, so I didn't put in for the, for the draft. And Neville Stibbard, the recruiting manager at North, rang me and said, oh, you know, put your name in, we are looking at you, you just never know. That was about three days before the draft. Oh. So I signed the piece of paper and by fax back in those days and sent it back in and picked 56, I think it was, called my name out. And I, was, I was stunned. Well, I think Dave Noble is even more stunned. <laughs> He's like, really? He's like, what? North are going you? <laughs> so you were
0: stunned because you didn't think they'd pick you up there and then? I didn't think anyone would pick you. Me up. You just didn't think no, about the fact that you were going to be an AFL footballer even all. then?
1: Not at all. I, like I said, I still had another year to go as a 18-year-old, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just wait till then because I just I really did have a really up-and-down year. Like, I had some really good games, and I had some poor games. To the point I got dropped, had to go back to Wagga and play at Turby Park, which I loved, playing senior footy at 15, 16 years of age. But yeah, I just I was just all over the place.
0: So you end up getting drafted by North almost at the last second. So in the blink of an eye, you've been sent home. And then the next thing, you go into mm. a team not far from, removed from winning an AFL premiership with some of the biggest names in the game. Well, and the
1: King. The well, King The King, King, King. They just came off the Wagga. 96 grand final, the 96 premiership. And... It's amazing. So I'm a 17-year-old boy from Wagga, move into the big smoke, and you talk about cultures at footy clubs, and North Melbourne's culture, as you know, back through the 90s, Crawford, was, it, was it was a drinking culture. It was a party culture. So, Quinny, these boys, would they would play hard, they'd train hard, and they drank hard. And I thought, how good is this? Yeah, <laughs> oh, this is this is this is the club for me. I've been I've been preparing in Canberra <laughs> as a sixteen-year-old eating potato get it, get cakes. Into my first night QVV's club at sixteen down by the lake. <laughs> so oh, I was doing one out of the three really well. Unfortunately, I wasn't training hard and I wasn't playing hard, but I was drinking hard. Uh, and I actually did my knee in the first first real practice game. I blew my knee out, did my ACL, and I remember um, during the game. David King always tells this story. He was was kicking out and I was playing in the ruck against Corey McKernan. So Corey at this stage was arguably the best player in the game. And I'm looking up at him thinking, what's going on? He's going to jump on my head. Ball gets kicked out from Kingy, kicks it to me, and I see Corey coming my left. And I'm proud to say this is my one and only time that I've shit myself on the football field. And I saw Corey and I ducked my head. Anyway, Kingy's given it to me. Don't duck your head around. So next contest... I've gone back with the flight of the ball, and I've got. Right, I'm going to go really hardy, so I run and jump with the flight of the ball. Landed, bang, popped my knee. That was all Kingy's fault.
0: So that's a massive setback at massive. the start at of your at career. At 17 years
1: of age, did my knee before the season started. Did a whole preseason, um, and then unfortunately, I was a very immature young man. Uh, I was very unprofessional, and I just liked a good time. So I was, I was extremely lucky. I look back now, I'm extremely lucky to end up having a, a 14, 15-year career on an AFL list because if you walked into today's system the way I did, I would have been out the door in two minutes.
0: You talk about the North Melbourne drinking culture. In some ways, did that help galvanise the team?
1: Oh, that's why they were so tight, so close. They were great mates. Now, I know down the track uh, you know, some, some things happened, but up until that period, I've never seen a group or been involved in a group. Uh, that has been as close as those boys were. I mean, we would play Friday night, and we'd usually play in the reserves that afternoon at, at uh, Punt Road, go across the road watch the seniors played MCG. And then we'd be, the whole club would be out Friday night. You know, the whole club. Uh, I think Duck opened up a bar. I think it was the Redback. Remember the old Redback? <laughs> yes. So we always used to go back there. Uh, you know, you'd have a few drinks, and then the next day would be a recovery, and then, you know, you'd end up meeting somewhere for for a couple of, Beers over lunch, which would turn into a Saturday what night. What a great life, hey? You know? the and AFL then, cause, football. Because then recovery was Monday and afternoon. And you'd always have Friday night games. Back in the day, yeah. North Melbourne were the Friday night yeah. specialists. So you'd have recovery Saturday morning, which is a swim, and then you wouldn't train again until Monday afternoon because we weren't professional at that stage. We are still very semi-professional um, AFL. So you could have a two- or three-day bender. And I'm, <laughs> so I'm 17, 18, going, jeez, oh, this is this is the life. yeah. Getting fat as a house and getting unfit and Social still, still knee in a brace. So I don't know what I was thinking?
0: It sounded a bit excessive from the drinking, but there is a lot to like about that. And I think a lot of clubs probably now don't have mm. that commitment to each other that you well, guys do They, they try to it manufacture
1: north. it. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem, well, whereas it wasn't the case. The we one thing when it. we got to Geelong, when I got to Geelong, see, we were still probably a few years behind the real professional teams in the early 2000s. Um, so we were still probably in the you know and Ge- Geelong were very much like North Melbourne through those 90s they were a party they used to go out they used to train hard play hard they only, you know they just fell short of a couple of premierships but they would train hard play hard and drink hard you know especially down Geelong and all the boys would be out so I came into that environment which was virtually a North Melbourne environment so we were still going out and having a good time and when all of us boys got drafted or brought in together uh, you know we were going out and having a good time and we we're playing and all that kind of stuff it actually brought us, when I talked about North Melbourne, the tightest group I've seen, I think we were the second tightest group I've ever seen because we were, we were great mates. Uh, yes, we were probably still unprofessional as a team, but we were great mates. We were very close. And then when we decided to pull our fingers out of our backsides, we already had that closeness. We t- put professionalism next to it and all of a sudden, bang, You know, we start winning. So
0: you go to North as a 17-year-old, you have an injury setback, you have three years at the Kangaroos, in the third year, you're in and out of the team a bit, a very hard team to get into, but you're sitting watching the prelim final, and Jason McCartney, unfortunately so, for him.
1: Yeah, Jase, God love him. So I got dropped for the qualifier, so I, had, I played two games in the finals that year, Kroff, I got a total of one possession. Doesn't very, matter. Jeez, I was very good. You could have
2: been a run with. You, you, it doesn't matter. You are a part so of
1: it. So I get dropped for the qualifier. Again, back in those days, there was no rotation. So you, you, you sat on the bench, and if, and if things were going well, Dennis wasn't going to change it around. You might get on for five minutes if you didn't. And Dennis's saying was, well, I gave you a chance, son. You know, you virtually played on for 30 seconds. Gave you a chance, son. Off you come. Um, so a bit, bit like that. But I got dropped, watched the prelim. And I remember Peter Bell rang me, because I lived with Belly for about three or four months just before uh, just before that, and he said, oh, look, just just keep your head up. Train hard. You just never know what, what might happen. A week's a long time in footy. This is before the this prelim. This is before the prelim. So I hung up thinking, thanks, Belly. I appreciate the call, but, you know, my season's done. So I go to the game, and the boys are having a few tinnies, uh, the, the, the reserves boys, and I think I might have snuck a couple in thinking, oh, well, my, my season's over. Five minutes to go. Jason McCartney, bang, hits Clark Keating from behind with 40-odd points up. And everyone's going, shit, Jace. I'm going, yes, Jace. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was the next bike in. So I thought, how good is this? So I've put the beer down. I've run. I've just gone straight home. Had a really good night's sleep. I've trained the house down that week. Dennis comes up to me on Thursday night, grabs me on the arm, and he goes, son, you're in, and walked off. I thought, great pep talk, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about as good as Dennis got. Anyway, got to the game, um, and I remember I started on the ground that day. Um, not too many people remember that, but I started on the ground. So I'm walking down the punt road end, and I remember running onto the onto the ground. I've never played in front of more than – this is – in North Melbourne back in those days didn't have huge crowds. So the biggest crowd I played in front of was probably the qualifying final the two weeks before, which was probably only about forty or 50,000. So I've run out against Carlton, against my old team, who I loved. And there was 100,000 there. And the roar was the biggest thing I've ever heard in my life at that stage. And I literally shit myself. Mm. I've gone, what is this? And as I'm running out, I'm walking down the punt road end, and I'm, sitting next, I'm walking next to the Carey, the greatest player I've ever seen, Corey McKernan, um, Shannon Grant, who's about to be a Norm Smith medalist, Craig Scholl, legend, uh, Winston Abraham, freak, and then there's me. I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Like, and that's how I felt at the time. And I've lined up on Michael Sexton, who I loved as a player. Good you know, player. Very good player. Great player. I might have had him on my wall three years earlier because I was a big Carlton fan. I'm looking at him thinking, "Geez, you know, do I get his autograph or or do I try and get a kick in? Five minutes in, he's out of three or four possessions. I get dragged and I spend literally the next the rest of the day on the bench until, what well, is about five minutes to go and we're 40-odd points up. So I finally get the call and by this time I'm, I'm angry and I'm shitty with the world and Shitty with Dennis. Um, so I finally get back on. And I run on. I'm so angry. And Simon Beaumont runs in front of me, trying and bump me. And I've lifted an elbow and hit him right in the ear. Umpire saw it. Free kick. <laughs> <laughs> the boys on the bench. Moods, back off. No. <laughs> so I've come what? straight back off. Got dragged straight back off. Oh. The helmet handed me the phone, Dennis. And then this is four minutes to go. The game's won and gave me the greatest serve any man has ever copped off a coach, like just called me everything under the sun, just gave it to me, and in the end I threw the phone down. I was so angry and disgusted, and I'm sitting next to John Longmire, and uh, and we're looking at each other. What's that bloody noise? It was Dennis still spraying me through the phone <laughs> after I'd thrown it down on the ground. Like he was just absolutely cooked me. Anyway, so we run across the oval. Siren goes. Run across Premiership player. I'm 19 years of age. Had no right to be there, but. Um, now, I'm a 19-year-old kid, run across, I'm a boy from Wagga, pl- pl- just, just won a premiership, and I'm hugging everybody, and I'm watching Dennis, he's hugging everybody, doesn't hug me. I'm going, oh, okay, he doesn't really want to come near me here, Dennis. So we get up on, this, on the podium, on the dais, we get our medals, Simon, o, uh, Simon Madden was handing us our medals, and I was so sheepish, I was like, oh, thanks, Simon. He goes, no, well done, young fella, that's great. And we hold the cup up, everyone walks off to do a lap of honour, and grabs me by the arm again, Dennis. And he goes, just learned something from today, son. Walked off. That was it. Mr.
2: Positive. You <laughs> just, just won the flag. Life's good. <laughs> so so a, here I'm 19 years of age
1: just going, oh, geez, come on, mate. Give us a spell. Um, but that was Dennis. He was he was tough. He was hard. You know, Old I know, school I, you know, I was listening to, listening to the Boomer pod the other day, and he was spot on. He was, he was brutal. Like, brutal. There was times where you would train – and if you stuffed up training on the wing, he'd stop the whole training session and just berate you, like embarrass you. But it hardened you up. Like you knew player, where you stood. knew we players today would just crumble. Because I remember going into that final series. So the last spot was virtually between John Longmire and myself. We were fighting for this one spot. So for six weeks leading into the grand final, he would grab us during training, pull us aside, and we'd do one-on-one work. So I'm this... 89, 88, 89, ringing wet kid. John Longmire's 105 kilos, missed the 96 grand final, so it was desperate. And he'd be like, lay on your backs. And he'd kick the ball and go, go and get it. And I'd feel this big <laughs> forearm, bang, just smash me right in the face. And that's horse getting up and running after the ball. And then he'd spray me. You're getting beaten by old oh man, Mooney, you don't want it. So next boy he'd kick it in the air. And I'd take a mark and horse and whack me. And then he'd be going, you're getting beaten by a young bloke, John. You don't want it. So he's just egging us on just to belt the shit out of each other. <laughs> did that for six weeks. So I probably actually did deserve the premiership. There again. you go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You, you set yourself ready to go. Mm. And I wonder if that's why John Longmire loses the plot at times. He's got a bit of Dennis oh, still in him at times when he coaches. I got, the the got
1: in the ring with horse one day and I put one on his button. And I've never seen eyes roll back in someone's head so quick. And he came at me, and I've slipped out of the ring. And the the floor was about a foot off the actual – the ring floor was about a foot off the floor. And I've slipped through the ropes, and I've gone down. I thought, oh, he'll stop here because I can't see. He punched me four times in the top of the head. Just kept going. By the end, I was half concussed, and the boxing coach had to jump in and stop him. He was mad, horse. Absolutely mad.
3: There's a chill in the air, but the footy's heating up. And so is Tab's Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets, like head-to-head, anytime goal scorer and total disposals, all in the one bet to get bigger odds. It's available all season long on the Tab app and website. Build your AFL Same Game Multi with Tab today. Tab, long may we play. Available
0: online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help. 1-800-858-858. You mentioned Pagan being ruthless. Did that sit with you for a while, though, how he treated you and how he spoke to you yeah, on the back of the, winning that premiership? It did.
1: And I did. not I probably didn't understand or appreciate Dennis until I finished. Uh, and so for a long time, I was like, you know, you bastard. But when I finished, I realised just how important he was to me. And he was probably the father figure at the time that I needed that I probably didn't know that I needed. And leaving home at 17, you're, you're just a kid. And I was. I was, I was a baby. Um and yeah, he was hard, but he 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 got me ready for the next ten years of AFL. Um, you know, because Bomber was Bomber could be quite ruthless, but Bomber could also put his arm around you and give you a cuddle. That's why I loved him so much. But it was when I I remember when I retired. You know how you do the lap of honour at the MCG on Grand Final day. Just happened to be against Hawthorne, would you believe. You should have sh- You heard the shit I copped going around. <laughs> <laughs> Worst five minutes of my life. <laughs> Every uh, Hawks supporter. Thanks, for 8, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, that's harsh. Oh, it was harsh. But anyway, so I, I go upstairs and I finished the lap and I go upstairs and Dennis was in the room. He was in, he was in the 300 club room or whatever it is. So he, and I walked over and just said, G'day. And he goes, mate, I think you've had a great career. I'm really proud of you. Well done. And it was right then I thought, beautiful, yeah. thank you. I needed that. I needed that. And it was really nice for him to say that to me.
0: I mean, it's amazing you've got three premiership medallions. It's great you went on and won another two because I feel just from listening to you, if you didn't, you would not look back on your premiership medallion oh, at North Fond I'd Lee.
1: Be, I'd be embarrassed. I really would be. And I look at it when I was, I was a young kid who probably didn't deserve it at the time, but I was in the best team in the AFL at that stage. I mean, that's something to hang your hat on. But... You know, did Jason McCartney deserve it more than me? Of course he did, 100%. Um, you know, did I have a great day? Clearly not. So, yeah, that, that didn't sit well. And the fact that I got two more, um, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. And I and I do have a little bit of fun with ninety nine one, and, and that's all I can really do. I mean, like I said, I was a young kid. I really do – I loved it. I appreciated it. Did I deserve it? Probably not. But I got it, and, I, and, I, and I'm grateful that I did.
0: The total – flip side of how you got yours, your final AFL game, something you aspired to throughout your AFL career and at times probably seemed so far out of reach.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I thought it wasn't going to happen, yeah, pretty much. And I, as I've mentioned before um, on this show, you know, I was, I was jealous of the teams all the time mm. in the grand final, You know, just preparing for a grand final, playing in a grand final, but you obviously don't want to play in a grand final, you want to win. Um, but if I go back to when I was 18, 19 – and I happened to play in a grand final and win. Um,
0: Which you could have.
2: Possibly. Hawthorne team. Yeah, possibly. But, yeah, no, d- definitely, you know, the appreciation, you know, the hard work, you go back to the drawing board or you change clubs, as Cam did, going off to the Cats. You know, you just appreciate it, you know, so much more. And, yeah, you'd like more success along the way, you know, mm. team-wise, and, and you, you want to be in the finals all the time and so forth. But the thing is, you know, to – when we get a bit older and we work it all out a bit mm. um you know you that's what you you reflect on and appreciate and you understand all the work
1: behind the scenes winning, winning one late is the greatest thing ever compared to winning one early uh, early you just you just you don't understand you just think it's fun it's party um you don't understand the hard work that you put in year after year then when you win one when we won one in oh seven, like that was another um, eight years of bloody hard work and a club rebuilding and seeing all of those things as well, seeing the club rebuild, a list rebuild, all that and grow and grow and grow and have ups and downs and then finally get it. That's, that's, they're the ones you appreciate more.
2: And I, I reckon that coaching-wise too, you have Dennis Pagan. My first year was Ellen Joyce. Coaches were harsh. They were, were tough. Alan Joyce, he wouldn't talk to us if we lost mm. on the weekend. You know, like seriously, give you silent treatment. Um, you know, you're running around training on a nice hot summer's day. Don't drink water, water's weak, you know. They were old school, mm. the way that they used to train us. But, it, you know, and a lot of people would look back and go, oh, that was the wrong way to do a lot of things. But mentally what they were doing is just trying to get your condition to, mm. to hang in there regardless of whatever was going on. So then obviously you go to Geelong – under Bomber Thompson, and you said, yes, he could be harsh, but he actually could give you a cuddle. So it's, it's a huge difference to what you had. It
1: is. I mean, we had a – so Bomber was the reserves coach in 99 for, at North Melbourne. Uh, so we had a really good relationship that year. So as you said, I was in and out of the ones that year. Um, so I played a lot of, lot of footy under Bomber and, just, and just, loved, just loved his method and his philosophy, and he was a teacher. I mean, Dennis wasn't so much a t- – Dennis was a doer. This is how I want you to play. If you don't do it, get out. But it wasn't like, okay, this is where you went wrong here. Let's work on this. It was just do it, if not out. Where Bomber was like, all right, let's 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 teach you how to do that. And I love that. I love the fact that he was a teacher. Um, so he got the job at North Melbourne, uh, at, at Geelong, sorry. So Gary Ayres and Lee Colbert just walked out of the Geelong Footy Club. I mean, this is, like, so end of 99, Geelong was on its knees. Yep. Like really, really bad. It wasn't a great footy club. The list was, was ordinary. The coach and the captain had just walked out. The stand was falling down. Uh, the club was in $10 million of debt. Um, and the great Frank Costa, rest in peace, um, he virtually, and, and talked to Brian, he, he virtually saved the club. So the club probably wouldn't be here today without Frank Costa. So that's why we've got so much love and appreciation for Frank. So he gets the job, and Lee Colbert, um, he wants to go to North Melbourne. So we've got, our manager at the time was Ronnie Joseph, the great Ronnie Joseph, so... I sat down with Ronnie, he goes, look, this is three, to three or four days after the premiership. So I'm thinking, I'm still in party mode, I'm still out drinking with the boys, having a good time. So I go down to his office and he goes, um, look, this is the scenario, Colby wants to come to North, uh, Bomber's got the job down at Geelong, he wants to take you down, what are you thinking? I said, well, I don't want to go, I've just, just wanted a premiership with my mates. <laughs> so anyway, 10 minutes later, Bomber walks in, we have a meeting and it was a great meeting. Tells you, you know, as coaches do when they want you to come, they tell you all the things that uh-huh. you want to hear. So that was great. And he left and I said, Well, that's nice, but I'm I'm a North Melbourne player here, I'm not gonna leave. Anyway, uh Dennis walks in about twenty minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> And as he walks in, he goes, Don't get up, son, stay there. Anyway, he shook my hand, he goes, Now listen. He just just straight off the bat. He goes, Now listen, um, you know, you're a North Melbourne. Premiership player now, and we'd never ask you to leave. You've got your name on the locker. You'll, you'll be remembered at this club forever. But, jeez, you'd get a better opportunity down the road. <laughs> <laughs> and your, brother, your brother's playing down at Geelong now. Wouldn't it be great to play with your brother? That'd be great. And that contract, we can't offer you that contract. But listen, son, we'd never ask you to leave. Good luck. And walked out. Jeez. And I turned to Ronnie and said, we're off to Geelong, Ronnie. <laughs> so he said, but at the end of the day, it was my, it was my call. But it was very obvious that uh, I would have been in the way of them getting Lee Colbert. So.
0: so you go to a Geelong team with all those issues, which is the total contrast to what you walked into at North Melbourne. Oh. The Kangas absolutely flying yeah. on and off the field at the time. Mm-hmm. And Geelong about to go through a tough rebuild. What were the first couple of years like?
1: Uh, oh, they were tough. And again, because we were still in that, we weren't a professional outfit, so we, we probably didn't help ourselves. But I mean, you've got to remember though... <sighs> It changes very quickly. So I walk into the club with Bomber, and that draft we get Cameron Ling, Corey Enright, Joel Corey, Paul Chapman. Wow. Next That's, next year we get even better. Yeah, next year we get Josh Hunt, and then the year after that we get Ablett, Bartell, Kelly Johnson.
2: Oh my goodness! So
1: in the space of three years, we 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 bring in half a premiership. Someone pack. deserves a pay rise. Yeah, those three years. Um, you know, so it was so. We bring all these young kids in, talented kids. We've got this great coach um, and the club's building and building and off-field's getting a lot better, debt's going down, the stadium's getting rebuilt, all these kind of things. So it's starting to come together. Um, and then obviously '06, we just – we take this huge step back. And it was just on the back of us being very unprofessional as a group. We had some very professional individuals like Joel Corey, Tommy Harley, Stephen King, very professional individuals. But as a whole, we weren't we weren't professional, and we we're probably selfish on and off the field. We weren't playing a good team football, team brand of football, and, uh, and it almost took the coach getting sacked. It took a review from Brian Cook to go through the whole club. Um, you know, it took all of that for us uh, to get our get our stuff together, and, and leading teams came in. And I know leading teams isn't for everybody, but for us, it was. The right time, the right place, and Jared Murphy was the right man. So
0: what was was leading teams? Explain to people, because this is a Geelong team that went into the 2006 season as premiership favourites on the back of two really impressive and encouraging years. Well, we won the NAB
1: Cup that year.
0: Won the NAB Cup. Everything's
1: going well. First bit of silverware in 43 years, Crawford, the (laughs) NAB Cup. What did we do? Went on a three-day bender.
2: Well, I think we did the same because we Seriously? we won it as well. So we were like no success what for a What a while. bunch of
1: idiots! Seriously, <laughs> that that's the photo I've got on my wall. You know? yeah. So <laughs> true. So yeah, we we won the NAB Cup, and like I said, we 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 pushed the Great Brisbane lines in 04 to a prelim. Um, we get beaten by the last kick by Nick Davis in a semi the year. So yeah, it was 2006 was our year, and um, unfortunately, we just. We probably thought it was going to be a year. We had fat heads. Did probably didn't. Tra- we, we didn't train hard enough. Um, it, just all of those things accumulated to just having just a really bad year.
2: And I remember, I, I don't know exactly the year, but I remember, you know, even the papers were talking about. You know, you have someone like Gary Ablett who's coming through, showing a bit, but. There were some real honest conversations around his work ethic and he needs to be better. Yeah, so, so you obviously had those serious, honest conversations, even though you had that, you know, good team bond and friendship with everyone.
1: Well, this is where again, so this is where leading teams came in. So we were we were a very tight knit group, but it's very hard to tell your mate, you know, you don't train hard enough or you, you piss fart around here or you're not doing this well. It's 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 really hard to do. Um, But leading teams gave us a platform of telling each other what we all thought was right and what we all thought was wrong with individually and as a team. Um, So once we started doing that, I mean, the, the place just turned around. And Gary was, I think there was, Tommy Harley went first. So you'd sit up in front of the group and they would tell you basically all the good things that you do and all the bad things you do and all the things that you need to improve. Tommy Harley was just, you just do everything good. He's just, he was that kind of person. Everything he did was perfect. Uh, and that's why he was a skipper and then I went next because I came off a four, year, uh, a four suspensions the year before which is AFL record Hoff, Hoff, not bad <laughs> pretty happy that one um, so I came off that year so I went up second and the boys just hit me between the eyes with how I was letting them down and I didn't realise how much I was letting them down by doing all those silly things and um, so they hit me and then Scarlo went third we hit Scarlo because he was our best player but he was out in the drink, having a good time, and wasn't uh, leading by example, or those type of things. And then Gary went forth and and poor Gazza. Now Gaza always thought that he was this great trainer on you know on the track in the gym. Thought he did everything right. We used to sit back and giggle. Like he was a terrible trainer. So and at this stage, he was he finished third in the best and fairest the year before, and playing out of a forward pocket virtually. So he, we all knew he was going to be a star. Or could be a star, but he was just lazy. So we told him, you know, we said, you're the laziest prick on the on the training track. You don't lift in the gym. Um, Chris Judd, who at that stage was the best player in the game, we said, we think you could be our Chris Judd. He walked out in tears. Didn't want to talk to anyone for the next two days. But to his credit, took it on board, trained the house down that pre-season. I know Jimmy Bartel won the uh, Brownlow, and, and deservedly so, but I could make a case for Gary Ablett winning... Four or five brown in a row. I thought he was easily the best player in the competition.
2: And and with um, so you, you have that leading team. So it's like stop doing this, start doing this, mm. keep doing this. Here's some describing yeah. words that we describe as a group about Cameron Mooney. Thug. I'll describe him <laughs> as a thug. <laughs> Plays way over the line. Angry. Stop frustrated from his you camera idiot. days. Uh, yeah, but.
1: Daddy issues with Pagan. <laughs> 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 Very much so.
2: So, but the the whole, because that's confronting, especially when it you've is. got your mates, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's my best mate, and now we're having a real honest conversation, which sometimes you don't want to have. But the whole thing with it all, uh, you know, you, you say to Gary Ablett, listen, you need to train mm-hmm. harder. You, you could be like this, but you're probably our worst trainer. Um, so off the back of that, you then not only send him off on his way it's for him to think about his life, you actually put things in place where, okay, we've got to help him. How can we help mm. you become better? What do we need to do? So it's, it's not just
1: throw words at no, you no, no, and I'm just hope you do yeah. it.
2: You actually get behind and support as well. No, and,
1: and our, and, and look, our training methods and our training um, ability went – we jumped. Oh God, I hate to know the percentage we jumped. So we thought – and you do, Corf. you think you're a hard trainer – But you you might be finishing eighth or ninth or tenth, but you actually think, geez, you know, we train hard, what is it? It's not until you actually win and you realize how much you've got to train, how hard you've got to train, you realize just how bad of a trainer that you really were. So from from 2006, we thought we were training hard. From 2007 onwards, we looked back and went, we were pathetic. Our standards were horrible. So our standards just changed um, on the track, in the gym. All of those type of things. So that's where you get Gary and you give him a a program that he's going to abide by. That's going to be a really solid program. And he jumps on with Joel Corey, who's one of the hardest trainers I've ever come across. He jumps on with Cameron Ling, one of the greatest gut runners I've ever seen in my life. He jumps on with those boys and they take him for that ride. And they get him fit and they help him. And then he takes it to the next step and all those type of things. So leading teams by far was the greatest thing, I think happened to Geelong Football Club at that period.
0: What was some of the feedback that you got that you probably weren't braced for?
1: Oh, I was braced for it. That was the thing. So everything that I copped, I knew I was going to get. You know, you're letting us down, all of that kind of stuff. The biggest probably one that I didn't expect was um, how much influence I had on the group. I didn't realise I had that influence, and they always said, you've got such an influence. If you go out, six blokes going out with you. If you're getting home at 5 a.m., Six of those boys are going to get home at 5 a.m. with you. You know, if you piss fart around on the track, they're probably going to piss fart around the track. But if you train hard, everyone train hard. If you have a couple of beers and go home, then everyone else will go home. So the influence thing I didn't realise that I had on the group. Um, So that was probably the bigger one for me. Uh, And then that year, um, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, was pregnant. So going out, I stopped going out, so it made it pretty easy. Best year I've ever had on on a training track in you know, on pre season and I uh, ended up being deputy vice captain that year. Um, so yeah, the influence that I had was probably the biggest thing that I, I took away from it that I didn't realise that I had on the group, which is a real positive. It was great. Yeah, I didn't realise, and I just thought I was one of the boys having a good time. I um, found out I was probably dragging too many blokes out with me. <laughs> well, 2007, it just goes brilliantly
0: for Geelong during the home and away season. All the things that went wrong in 2006 went right in 2007. You're a juggernaut going into the finals and you get to the grand final up against Port Adelaide. But the Geelong fans, they're scarred. They've been mm. scarred. 89 and then 92, 94, 94 95. 95 and then Geelong underachieving in the years leading up to that two thousand and seven. How much baggage and pressure was there on the playing group going into that grand final? Um,
1: look, there would have been from the outside. I mean, we we were pretty pretty cool and calm because uh, because the leading teams. We just had this this way. So at the start of the year, we said because we would always be a very emotional team, and most people are. If you win, everyone's up. If you lose, everyone's down. Back in the old days, you know, if you lose, you'd, you're, you, would, you wouldn't want to talk inside the footy club in case the coach saw you and he'd spray the shit out of you for talking or having a laugh. So we made a pact. Win, lose or draw, we we're going to come in on Monday the same every, every, every week. And it, it probably helps when you're winning most weeks, so it was pretty easy to come in <laughs> up and about. But we did that, so we always just, we just always had a really good vibe around the footy club. Um, we brought in one of the best things we ever did, Croft, we brought in the joke box. Through the year, so Stephen King and Harry, uh, Henry Playfair, these two great storytellers. About, about round four, round five, we thought we've got a savings, a bit more fun around the footy club. And I so on main training sessions, uh, those two boys, along with Dave Johnson and Sam Hunt, would get together and they'd make this joke box. So if you had a joke, go and throw it in the box, and the boys would get up and read it before training. So anyway, those boys would get together twenty minutes before, and they'd make up a couple of jokes, whatever. Anyway, so Bomber would go through his would go through what we wanted to go through that week. And then Kingy and Henry would get up and do the joke box. And we would all be in stitches. Bomber would be laughing in the corner, rolling around. And it just made the place just brilliant to be around. So that R- was... relax and breathed breathe Relaxed well, yeah. and breathed. We'd go out on the training track. Everyone's funny. We're still laughing about the jokes, about the stories, whatever it was. And we'd just train the house down. So it just, just little things like that through the year just accumulated to the end of the year where we probably got there and we felt... We felt comfortable. I mean, we got a big scare prelim night against Collingwood, which was which was fantastic for us. We probably thought at that stage we well, not a, not in, invincible, but we were really good form. Um, the loss against Port Adelaide a few weeks before that at home was probably the silliest thing Port could have done. <laughs> you know I mean, because we were, we were on a 15 game winning streak and we had it got to the grand final maybe on a 17 game winning streak. They might have got us that day, but that. That win that they got down at Cat Park around 21 or whatever it was probably made us realise they were a really good team and we had to straighten up for them. And, and look, I mean, things just turned out really well for us grand final day and really poor for them grand final day. It was just one of those days where they were just a young team. They were, they were a really young team and if things had gone right early, who knows? But they missed a couple of shots early early um, and then the ball came down the other end, went one end to the other and I ended up kicking the first goal and from then on it was just away we went.
0: You kicked five goals in that drought-breaking premiership. How great was it not just to win a flag but to have such a big impact on the game? Because you spoke about well, it, you felt like you weren't a part one. of 99, you were a huge part of 2007.
1: Well, it's funny, I, I said I told you the story before when Dennis grabbed me on the arm and he goes, learn something from today's son. So without a word of a lie Croft, I walk onto the MCG we about to, to go out there. And as I'm walking up the race, those were the words that rang through my head. I, I couldn't believe it. I could just, I just, I just hear Dennis. just I just thought, I just don't want to waste another day. Because right, this is, I thought, who knows if I'll ever get here again. I don't want to live the rest of my life having the 99 premiership as my only premiership. So I walked out there just thinking, oh, I'm just, I've got to give everything today. And, and it worked out. Like I said, most guys kicked a goal that day. It was pretty it was pretty easy in the end. But to kick five was great. Um, you know, 12 marks at center forward, which is how I based my game through those years, was my marking uh, leading up at the ball carrier. To take 12 marks, to me, that was a really good day.
2: It's a huge turnaround. You, you know, you get one touch <laughs> in your first grand final and then you kick five. I oh, know. So it's pretty special,
1: you know, like even kicking your first goal. How did that, how did that feel? How do you describe that? Well, it that? was great because my mate texted me a couple of hours beforehand. He goes, mate, I got you at $9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes, I've, I've put a bit on you at $9. So, and the ball's coming in. Chappie's kicked this ball from 65. And God, it was one of the biggest kicks I've ever seen. And I thought to myself, the last second, do I let it go through? I thought, nah, stop it. Bang. Bang. The mark. <laughs> There'd be a couple of blokes out there listening, probably thinking, I had money on Chappie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, take, to, to take the mark and to have the year, you know, to because I, I, the years before that, I wasn't quite the centre forward that I wanted to be or I needed to be. So I went down back for a few years. I played on ball, played as a ruckman, uh, played as more of a utility from 04 to probably about midway through 06. So I was still trying to find myself as a footballer. Um, But then to go halfway through year six to to the end of 07 as a key forward, to win the goal kicking for the footy club, to kick 60-odd goals that year, to make All-Australian, it was just a, a big relief for me personally. Like, right, you know what, I can actually play this game at at that position. Because to me, that's, that's that's the hardest position on the ground to play. And the fact that I could do it, that was probably what I was so proud of. And then to finish the year off, to win a Premiership, you know, we had all those boys in the All-Australian team. The Reserves won that year. Uh, Joel Selwood won Rising Star. We, we kind of just cleaned, cleaned the decks with all the awards. Um and so to finish it off with the Premiership, having a good day, my son was born a few months before <laughs> that. It was just, yeah, 2007 was just one of those great years. You you
2: wonder what Dennis Pagan thinks, you know, now when he, you, you, he's obviously watching the grand final. He goes, It's Cameron Mooney, is this kick five? Shit, he's made the All Australian this year. Jeez, he's had a good year. It's funny, mm. those moments, and I'm sure as a coach, they always look back and go, oh, I probably shouldn't have moved him on at the time. Maybe I should have oh, but you know found what, though, another player. But or if I had them.
1: have stayed at North, I would have lasted another year, maybe two. They would have got rid of me. The fact that I went to Geelong, so I had Bomber in my, in my corner. Now, when a coach brings a player over, they're going to give them every opportunity because it's on them. So for a couple of years when I was still probably piss-farting around and still trying to work stuff out, he stuck with me and until I matured a little bit. Because I, I didn't mature till I was 23, 24 years of age. Um, so he stuck with me, which allowed me to then to finish my career off the way I did. But if I had a state at North, they would have just said, off you go, son. So I probably wouldn't have got that chance again.
0: Following that 2007 premiership, were there one or two special things that stuck with you about what it meant to the supporters?
1: Uh. F- Yeah, because we came back into town that night. I mean, 44 years is a long time for a a club to... Lots of tears. Lots of tears. The place was packed. Um, You know, you couldn't even walk down the street. Uh, And the biggest one for me was, I remember, I was in a tattoo (laughs) parlour about two weeks later. And the (laughs) tattoo guy said, you wouldn't believe how many people we've had in. So he gave us our tattoos for free because he just said, you know, you've you've made us that much (laughs) money. But anyway... In one of the chairs was these two old seventy-year-old women getting Geelong tattoos. Wow, seventy-year-old women! I was getting a tattoo next to them well, on they, the
2: ankle or no, on the butt. No, Where no get they get one on <laughs>
1: the ankle. that's how much it meant to them. Yeah. Like uh, it just, just, just something like that. It just <laughs> always rings with me. I, I can't believe I was. They took it better than me. Actually, I was sitting there squealing and.
0: Does it hit home to sometimes what footy means to these people? I mean, you live and breathe yeah. it every day. So is that well, a it does reminder? down
1: there. Because, I mean, growing up down – not growing up, but being down there – and and the people are great. I mean, you could walk – people go, oh, geez, you couldn't walk down the street. That's a load of – you know what? You can. I mean, people are fantastic. They're very respectful. Um, but you do know what it means. I mean, this is a town that 90% of them all Barry Foody Football Club. They you know they live and breathe the footy club. They, they're weak – we talked about the emotion before. They're you know emotionally at work their week is up if to Long win or it's down if they lose. I mean, that's what that's what you're dealing with down there. And you know they just they're they're the heart and soul of the footy club, the supporters down there in particular. Um, so what it means for that town is incredible. You know, a weekend game down there, how much money that brings into the town, just things like that. So. It is the life force around... That that footy club's life force around that town, really.
3: There's a chill in the air, but the footy's heating up. And so is Tab's Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets, like head-to-head, anytime goal scorer and total disposals, all in the one bet to get bigger odds. It's available all season long on the Tab app and website. Build your AFL Same Game Multi with Tab today. Tab, long may we play.
0: Available online for Tabacan customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help, 1 800 858 858. We fast forward 12 months from what you achieved winning that 2007 Premiership and you come up against we'll this year again. Shane Crawford in the 2008 <laughs> yeah. Grand Final. How were the Cats feeling going into that game? They were a firm favourite Geelong, we reigning were. Premiers, yep. another great home and away season, but the Hawks just hit form at the right time. So
1: we came into that game losing one game for the year. I mean, with all due respect, I think we were the best side that year by, by six goals. If we were up and firing. We got to the finals. Um, we had a few blokes play in the grand final under Dunn. We came up against a really young, enthusiastic, great bloody team in Hawthorne. Um, but when you talk about the way that we played that day, I mean, um, it, was, it was talked about Hawthorne had this, you know, the, the cluster Is that what we called it, the cluster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great defence. I mean, we still had 60-odd entries for the day. That's a lot of entries. But we just, we stuffed our entries up because we had too many forwards playing up the ground. Hawthorne kept their back six in perfect perfect formation. Uh, They'd win the ball. How many times did you guys just step it back through for a point? If you needed to release Queerer. the pressure. Yes, release. I said to
2: after a while, I said, mate, enough's enough. <laughs> I said you don't time. But have you know what? Just do that Release the, the pressure
1: yeah. and then bang, out out the fat side they'd go. And so we didn't handle that day well. And then obviously I had a horrendous day in front of goal. Um which just well, Although yeah. you did kick a, a freakish goal from the boundary. Well, I kicked nice two. Early. I kicked, well, I yeah, kicked no, two in the so- first quarter. I'm thinking, at uh, quarter time, I went up to Kenny. I think, I think I've got Norm Smith wrapped up here. <laughs> 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 Just give me the ball. I'm flying. I really do. I remember walking out that day because I had a pretty poor prelim. So I remember walking out that day and I, f- I felt so strong, felt so confident. I felt like I was on top of my game. And like I said, at quarter time, I, was, I was, felt like I was the best big man on the, on the ground. And, and that was with Hodgie. Virtually playing in front of me all, all that quarter. I mean, I reckon I could have kicked four or five that quarter. It was just bloody Hodgie. He just had, had one of the great games of all time, Hodgie. Um, and I remember he came into the game with broken ribs. So before the ball had even been bounced, I think I walked past and just let one rip into his ribs. I think I almost broke my hand on the, on the guard that he had on there. And, you know, and every time I hit him and every time I told him I was going to hit him, he just kept giving me a wink. God, he frustrated the hell out of me. The guard was on the wrong side. <laughs> Was it? I think so. I mean, that's bad. why he kept winking at me. <laughs> I was hitting the wrong side. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he played this great game, but I felt like I, was, I had the game in the palm of my hand. And then just before half time, I take a mark where I thought I was in the goal square. And Scotty McLaren, great Scotty McLaren, put me on an angle. Um, anyway, I t- took that mark on Birch. So I line up and I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm about to kick my third goal here. Birch is on the mark. Crody's just gone off because he just busted his foot. I thought, there's no one here that can actually defend me. I feel like I've got this game in my palm of my hand. I'm going to kick this. You boys are playing so well. We weren't playing that great, but if we had to kick that goal, we would have gone in in front at time. So I'm thinking, what a better way to finish the half, to kick this, kick my third, have Norm Smith wrapped up, off, <laughs> and start a bit of a blue. So that's what's going through my head. I'm thinking, I'm going to kick this ball. I'm going to run through. I'm going to put one on Birch because I knew – Hodgie was there, Campbell was there, I had Stevie and I had Chappie behind them, so I thought this is going to be fantastic, this is going to be the best day of my life. So as I'm lining up, I'm thinking, how good is this? Three goals at half-time, whack Birch, (laughs) whack Hodgie, whack Brownie. Everyone wants to hit Brownie, let's be honest. (laughs) Anyway, as I've gone in to kick it, I've looked up to see where Birch was because I was pretty excited about what was going to happen and I've kicked the thing off the side of my boot. Went left, worst day of my life. Absolute worst. And they moment. let
0: you know about it, those Hawthorne players too. No,
1: they didn't. They were really
2: quiet. Because
0: so, you know, w- really it was quiet. a hot
2: day. I think everyone was so exhausted everyone by half cooked. time. Like it was it was dead quiet. Yeah. One thing I do remember in the lead up really well is Friday at the parade mm. and I, I totally agree, you guys were clearly the best side of the competition and on your day if you played your best footy, yep. But I do remember like our focus was enjoy the parade. Mm. Smile, have fun, take it in. Um, that was mainly through Stewie Jew because he was the only one who yeah. ever played in the grand finals. Like, you've got to enjoy this experience. Don't be overawed, and we'll just have a crack, see what happens. But I do remember looking at some of the Geelong players in the back of the cars, you know, and, and we do sort of walk past each other. Mm. And it was like, shit, I don't think they want to be here, you know, because mm. there was so much pressure. You were expected just yeah. to turn up, win, and then go back down. There was more pressure on so the did you feel? The did you feel... There was more pressure to just turn yeah. up,
1: we've got to get the job done? Yeah, there was, absolutely. I mean, And one, to go back-to-back, I mean, back-to-back's bloody hard. It's really hard. And so there was that expectation and just the expectation of, you know, we were the best team in the comp, um, lost one game. It was almost the perfect season everyone was talking about. But in saying that, we we walked in probably – we went into the game, a few of us probably a bit coggy, to be, to be brutally honest. I mean – There were some silly things probably being said. There were things being organised, probably just took our focus off what was going to happen. Players shouldn't have played that played because we were were probably at that point where we just thought we were so good. If we just rock up and play in third gear, we'll probably still win because that's how good we thought. That's how good we were, and but unfortunately, we just came up. Doesn't matter how good you are if you're not good on the day, and we played a side that was so bloody good on the day. You just get rolled. Even three-quarter time, like,
2: we were nervous. You know, we know these guys can, you know, smash the scoreboard. So, you know... Just, you, you guys just would not let us nervous. get our
1: game going. Like, even even we probably thought... And this is where we changed it, no, nine a bit. And even Bomber, I think Bomber still just went, no, no, we'll click, it'll click, it'll click. It just didn't click. You boys just didn't let us click, so... You know, credit to you, boy. You're unbelievable. You know the you know the worst part of that day was, uh, Quinny, I'm sitting on the ground, in tears, realised I've just lost us the grand final because I've missed two of the easiest shots on. Well, so I've missed that one just before for half time. They would have put us in front. I've taken a mark on Brownie in the first minute or so in the second in the second half, so third quarter. Um, so I've lined up and I've hit the post. So two goals either side of half time. Well, I kick both of those. All of a sudden, we're double digits in front and. We might run on from there. So virtually I'm sitting there blaming myself for this loss and then I've got to hear this,
2: that's what I'm talking about. (laughs)
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, And then on the footy show for the next 12 months, I've got to hear that.
2: Seriously. uh, I know. It's still going. I apologise for that. But I will say to all the Geelong supporters, there's no way Geelong would have – Won the grand final the next year against the Saints mm. because the foot comes off a touch. We've gone back to back things, yeah, as you said. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're feeling really good about ourselves. So not only have you starved St Kilda of any grand final success forever, pretty much, <laughs> but I reckon losing that was instrumental in the last dying minutes. Was you guys getting across the line against the Saints well, last the following quarter, year?
1: Last quarter, following year. Uh, Bomber brings us in, so he goes, this is what we want to do. And he goes, right, come in, come in, come in. And he goes, oh, now, just remember, this time 12 months ago, you walked off this field in tears. You walked off crushed. Don't ever let that happen again. And this is 30 minutes just to make sure that you walk off with a medal this time. And my, I've never played in a game. And that was one of the hardest, brutal games I've played in the 09 Grand Final. Uh, but that last quarter was the hardest quarter of football that I saw my teammates play. In my entire career. Oh, it was
2: such a. Oh, it's, oh, it's amazing. You, you watch it back, it's such a fine line. It's and the like,
1: forgotten grand final. Yeah, it was the, brutal.
2: Even St. Kilda supporters, you know, Zach Dawson almost yeah. gets it. It's, but you could see mentally, you guys, nah. We, well, funny we're story, not reading that. Funny happen again. story
1: about the Zach Dawson one. So, Zach was playing on me when he intercepted that ball on, on Gary. So, as the balls got kicked into the middle, I think it was Jono kicked it to Gary. I saw Gaza, so I've gone, right, I'm going to peel back inside 50. Zach's looking for a cheapy to win the game. Looking for the cheapy. <laughs> Zach's come off me and spoiled the ball. So the first thing that's popped in my head is, I've lost this two grandfathers. <laughs> 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 I thought, oh, no, it's going to be played forever. Zach's come off me and he's done that. And then Scarlett comes through with the toe poke. And then, uh, I'm, ru- then I'm running back inside 50. And, and Maxi Rook to me was... I mean, I think Chappie got Norm Smith that day, but to me, Max Rook was the most important player for us that day. He was the toughest player on the field. He was incredible. So as I'm running back inside 50 into the goal square, the ball's getting kicked here from Gaz. I'm about to mark the ball in the square. I'm thinking, redemption, cross. I'm going to take this mark and kick the winning goal. How good is this? And then Rookie comes the other way, bang, just cleans us all up. <laughs> ball spills. Chappie kicks the goal. We win the game. But, um, yeah, to me, if you watch Max Rook's last, last quarter, in the 0-9 grand final, you'll see what a tough bloke he is.
0: To kick two goals, though, that day for you mm. in shocking conditions where goals were like gold, that mm. must have been very pleasing.
1: No, though. it was. It was great. I mean, to kick uh, – I think I kicked the second goal. It was funny because I had – so, basically, after the 0-8 grand final, I got the yips.
2: Did you? Did your mate have something on you for the no. second <laughs> <goal>? <laughs> Three, <laughs> mate, No. No one had anything on me because I had the <laughs> yips
1: that year. So, I uh, I think I was kicking – just above or just under fifty percent, and I was shanking them all. So, over so the
2: what place. was what happens there when you strip it all back? No, when you say it. you have the goal kicking yips, and it, it does happen. But I always remember you being good kick for goal. So, what what happened? What went wrong? So, what
1: happened was so after the 08 Granny, I virtually yeah you know, I blame myself for the loss. Mate, it, it sat with me for a long, long time. I, I remember because I was living in Melbourne, so I was driving up and down the highway to, for training pre season. I'd have to pull the car over because I was crying. I just couldn't get that kick before half time out of my head. It just kept replaying and replaying. And, and then at that stage, who knows if you're ever going to play in another one. So for me, I was like, did you know, I just ruin any opportunity. One, for us to go back to back, which is so bloody hard. Uh, and two, maybe we'll never win another one. Maybe we'll never get there again because they are so hard to get to. Um, so I was I an was, I was emotional wreck. Like I was a wreck. I didn't leave the house for a couple of weeks after the grand final because I was so embarrassed about what happened. Um, so that was playing in my head over and over and then and then I think we played Hawthorne round one and I, and I took the mark and of course you hear the, you know, the the Hawthorne people getting into me and it just got into my head really badly. and then I started missing a couple and and then it just got worse and worse and worse. and then my routine would change week uh, on a weekly You're basis overthinking it. You know, I was practicing at home in my hallway. I was just. It was, uh, we, we had Travis I Cloak a, I, was I was just a mess. We had
2: Travis Cloak on the show. Mm. And I said, What do you think about? I bend over. I take a breath. I bend down. I, I take one step. I start on the left. I do. Like, there's about 50,000 things. I'm like, Do you need to think about that much what when you have so much the
1: end is more. I remember taking marks through the year. So about mid year, I was at my worst. I remember taking marks. I'd be shaking because I could hear the crowd. Murmur. As soon as I take a mark inside fifty, I'm like, oh shit, who can I pass this to? <laughs> no one Oh, I've got to have the shot, damn it. And you know, I and I'd be a mess walking up. Um to the point where late in the year I remember running outside of fifty because I didn't want to take the mark inside fifty because I didn't want to have the shot. Well, that's that's just where I
2: was just so, a, I was so just a real sort bad of a spot. Relate that to Ben Simmons in basketball at the moment, Absolutely. so he seems to be passing it off all the time. Mm. Not that I know much about basketball, but I do know he's been just missing the
1: easy three throw that he should be hitting eighty five percent of the time. I was missing shots that I should be kicking ninety nine percent of the time, How'd right. you get and, out and I was it? missing them a lot.
0: How'd but, you get out of it though? Because it didn't seem like it stuck with you. Uh, no,
1: it stuck with me for a while. Probably end of twelve By twenty ten, I probably started to get rid of it, and then by twenty eleven, I only played a handful of games. Yep. So I was pretty much done then, but O nine, I was a bit of a mess. So, cut a long story short, but the the warm up of the 0-9 Grand Final, I did not take a shot, not one shot. I was I ran down and uh, warmed up with the backs because I just even the warm ups on the MCG and the warm ups through the year, I, I was nervous about missing because people would be laughing at me <laughs> or talking about me. So, I thought Grand Final, I'm not going to have a shot. So I take the Mark forty five out. And I just go back and I absolutely flushed this ball, just roosted it. As soon as it came off the boot, I knew it was in the middle. And God, this the relief that just left my body was just amazing. I was just thinking to myself, if I kick this out in the full, <laughs> this is going to be the worst day of my life again. Wow.
0: So if we go back and watch that replay, that's probably the most important goal of your career though.
1: That, that Yeah, it probably, probably is. Yeah. I mean, I was, like I said, no warm-up shots, um, they were there, had is. a really bad year of the yips, and, and it's funny because Richo and I always have a bit of a laugh about it because Richo had them as well. We talk about that little man on your shoulder, that little bugger, he just he's very chirpy, I can tell you.
2: <laughs> so that, that, that's that's unbelievable, really. Grand final, no, nah, I'm not taking any practice mm. shots. I'm that's like a golfer just turning up and going straight into mm. his round. That That's unbelievable,
1: you know, really. When you pick that training, it. I mean, like in you know, that training, I was well because I actually was a good kick for goal. But it was just in the end, I, you know, I was just I was mentally scarred. Um, so I had training, yeah, you know, bang, hit them all through, and and further out the more comfortable I was because I could just launch into it. It was thirty out, twenty out, the ones that you're supposed to get, and oh,
2: it, and, geez, the, and God, those ones are sort
1: of, <laughs> you, like the longer ones, you got to have momentum yeah. through them,
2: so you know you're really going to Kick launch it. it. But um, the closer ones, you know, it's like well, I David don't have to you know, David so Wege,
1: yes, yeah, so. Great AFL man, David and he was our goal-kicking coach down there, and he always used to say to me, your best kick is your bicycle kick. So that's when you, you kick with your right and you do a bicycle kind of pedal and you land back on your right foot. So it really gets your momentum going, gets your body going through the ball. And so 50 out, I'd kick those nine times out of ten. You know, beautiful. And he goes, well, why don't you just do it from 20 out? I said, well, because I'd feel silly trying to launch the ball from 20 out. He goes, who cares? But stupidly, I thought I knew best and tried to try to stab them through, or try to put them through nicely, and that's when I shanked them all over. Well.
2: Ruffy got like that at one stage where mm. he just he'd virtually walk in so slow, and then yeah, just he'd end up leaning back,
1: like, or yeah.
2: it's like, and then got a bit of more yeah. momentum, or got the the cycling effect going. Yeah, it made
0: it a big difference. Now you've got your media hat on. How do you feel for the players going through those struggles? I
1: look at uh, which ones at which ones at uh, which one of the king boys, Max. 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 Max is, I look at Maxie. And I can s I can see exactly he's going through mentally, what it, I went through. You, I can it's sorta of, you can see straight away, as soon as he gets it, can't you in his yeah. head he's like You can just see him tense like, up. Yeah. He knows the crowd's talking, he knows if he misses this one, media's gonna be talking. And this is a horrible thing for a twenty year was he, twenty, twenty one? I was twenty eight, twenty nine. Like that was hard enough. Imagine being a twenty one year old kid and the pressure of, the, of a football club being on your shoulders. I mean, he's going to be a superstar. I mean, I actually wrote an article about him a while ago and said, well, this is a kid who I think we can make, kick 800 goals. That, that is an unbelievable career. But the way he's going, he'll leave 300 of those on the table. Mm. Now, he'll kick 500, which is a great career. I wish I could only kick 500, but he's an 800 goal kicker. And, so uh, that's the pressure on him.
2: Yeah, and I reckon even him and also his brother, they're unbelievably athletically mm. But they're playing him out of the goal square at times. I'm like, get him up set centre half forward, like, just let run. oh, because oh, they have unbelievable mm. explosive skill. Just send him for a run at times, you know. Um, so yeah, anyway, with, with Max, track. I
1: think everyone just just back off him because it's it's mentally it's really it's a bloody hard game. And then to try and be the, the key forward of a, of a of a club that hasn't won and had any success, you're the new up and coming you know king of that football club, and yeah, you're not kicking goals that well. It's 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 hard. It's really hard. You, you work with Jason Duston foxter on the bounce. Mm. Um, you know who obviously
2: was a teammate of mine um, and a captain of mine, <laughs> although he didn't talk to us. <laughs> 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 um, what would he say? What would he say
1: to you if you were struggling with your goal kicking? Routine, practice, <laughs> yeah. practice, practice, routine, and that's what it is. Find someone you're comfortable. Because the worst thing was I had. I had every man and his dog giving me their routine giving me their advice uh, and in the end I was like "Oh, I'll take a bit of that I'll take a bit of that and it, it just it stuffed me up you find someone you trust and that's why I liked the fact that he was talking with Maddie Lloyd and I don't know what happened there but if I was Max King I'd say to the football club I'm going to go and get Matthew Lloyd and if you don't like it you can sh- 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 I'll meet him down the park yeah oh, this is what I'm doing because if you want me to be the superstar this is what I think I have to because you've got to find that one person who you trust and that one person's voice who you know you can just keep relying on and, and work with if you get too many people now Ruffy might be that person down there for him, and that'd be great Ruffy's another one I'd, I'd look for if Saints don't want to go outside of their, of their arena um, but you've just got you've just got to find that one person and then just work And if um, sports science say no, tell sports science to go and shove it. So if you want me to have a great career, this is what I'm doing because this is what I need to do. Unfortunately, there's a lot of great things that sports science do, but there's a lot of things that they they need to pull their heads in about as well. And having a young man do repetitions in goal kicking is one of them. So just let him do it.
0: Final chapter of your career, unfortunately, was a little bit plagued by injury. Did the end come quicker than you anticipated it would?
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I I probably should have... If I didn't have a contract at the end of 2010, so for 2011, I probably would have finished up then. Uh, I just somehow stole another contract at <laughs> the footy club, so. <laughs> a little bit of super for me there, <laughs> No, because I got, I got to the end of 2010 and I uh, had knee problems, um, and then stupidly, because I worked so hard to try and, that year to keep on the track, I thought, you know what, my body needs a rest. And it was the silliest thing I did. I actually, I actually didn't go into the gym for a couple of weeks, and my knee just, my my muscles around my knee deteriorated. And come February, I probably should have retired then. Uh, I just could not get going. Then I was in and out of the ones for a little bit. Um, I virtually told Scotty, I think at one stage, I think I think, I, said, I think I'm done. And he goes, No, no, try and see the year out. Um, and then the players. I think they finished second on the ladder that year. So they're having a really good year. So I thought to myself, if I, if I keep going, you never know. I might, might find some form, get back in. Uh, there might be another premiership there. So I, I went back to the reserves. And actually, I, 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 I didn't play for about three weeks. Had a really f- bit of a fitness kick. Went back to the reserves for a few weeks, got some form, came back in. And actually came back in against Melbourne when we beat them by 180 points. And I kicked five in the <laughs> first half. So I thought, right, I'm back, I'm, I'm back. Then the next week we played Gold Coast. So we played the two worst teams. I'm thinking I'm back. Played Gold Coast. I had 26 and 3. I thought, I haven't had 26 and 3 since I was 18. Like, How good is this? I'm flying. Then the next week it got suspended. Didn't get back into the side. Yeah. <laughs> the career done.
0: And won the premiership that year. What was that like, grand final Uh
1: Look, it was tough. It was so re- rewarding because I could see my mates become three-time premiership players, which they bloody deserved. Uh, saw the club win another one, which it deserved. Saw a young Tommy Hawkins, who, so basically, it was down to, the spot was down to Hawk and I, because Pods had, at that stage, was the number one key forward. Uh, Tommy was still a young kid, still trying to find his way. Uh, I was this old guy, just about, I was, I was done. Um, I've already I announced my retirement, so I was hoping to try and get back into the side. But I sat down with Scotty just before finals, and I remember him just saying, Look, we're going to go with Hawk. He goes, I don't know why. I could see tears in his eyes, and um, he was he was emotional about, it and I got emotional. He goes, look, I don't, I can't give you exact reason why, other than I just, it's a gut feel. I'm just going to go with the young fella. Turned out to be the best thing they ever did.
0: How many people come up to you when they know you've played in three premierships and think they were the three Geelong premierships and not know if that only, you missed one if and only. not know that you had one at North?
1: No, no, there's a few people who like to remind me about the donuts that I got. Ninety nine, so a lot of people still remember it. Um oh, look I, I, I wish I got the third at Geelong. I mean that was that's my that's where my heart is. That's where you know I bled for, you know, what, thirteen years, twelve years. It's it, you know, that footy club's everything to me. Uh, it's given me everything in life, it's given me Uh, post-media career, um, all of those type of things because of that footy club. So I would have loved – I'd love to have played three there. I really would have. Big bit greedy, Croft? I think very greedy. (laughs) Uh, Although
2: I won't say that in front of (laughs) Cam because he might whack me. But uh, no, like seriously, when you think about it, you want to – you come from a country town, although Wagga's like a big city really, but you dream of playing Mm. AFL football, you win a premiership, you kick – Goals, you win the leading goal kicker, you play with some of the all-time greats, mm. you know, Jimmy Bartell, Gary Ablett, oh, it goes on and on with that. Matthew Scarlett, one of the best defenders ever. You win another couple of premierships. It's a pretty amazing career when you think about it.
1: And I, and I say to people all the time how lucky I've been, I went to the greatest footy club through the 90s. Like, how lucky was I to go there with the greatest player ever in Duck and watch the watch him train and watch him play. And, um, and then to go to... Long, who was struggling, but then to build into, you know, one of the greatest clubs and one of the greatest teams that we've seen in a long time, yeah, you know, very, very fortunate, very fortunate, lucky, just right place at the right time. Sometimes
0: outside of the premierships, biggest footy highlight.
1: Uh, biggest footy highlight. Gee, that's a good question. I think it would be. Look, unfortunately, it's probably it's it's a it was a losing one. It was, it was a hard one on the night, but I remember looking back on it now and just thinking how incredible it was. But the night we lost to Sydney, yep, I mean that was uh, there would have been thirty to forty thousand there. It felt, it sounded like well over a hundred thousand. Like the atmosphere was the most electric atmosphere I've ever played in. We played out of our skins against clearly the best side in the competition uh, for three quarters. We were so brave. We were so good. But we were young and we were nervous. And then when the pressure came, we, we tightened up, Croft. And they, because they were so experienced, they got the, the control of the game. And then to watch to watch Nick Davis kick four, I mean, it wasn't great, but just just to be involved in that atmosphere. And I remember after he kicked that last goal, I remember walking back to the middle because I was rucking. And I just couldn't believe the sound. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was like we were at a, a rock star... Um, concert or something with 150,000 people, like it was just electric, unbelievable,
2: incredible win.
1: Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, crazy. when you watch, like a break, like breaker. I mean, yeah. I cry, cry. But you I learn. You after learn. The, game, but but the thing is, you learn so you much. You learn. From
1: that. Yep. But to be involved in that, in that electricity, I'll never forget it. Never forget it. Favorite Nathan Ablett story? Oh, where do we start with Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan. Now, I love Nathan because so 2007. He kicks 30-odd goals, kicks three goals in a premiership. And, I, and, and myself and Steve Johnson worked really closely with him because we are kind of like the leaders of the forward line. So we had him playing and you know, wanting to play. And that was the biggest segment with that, does he want to play? He wanted to play. So And we loved him because he was so unselfish. And I say to this day, he could have been one of the greatest players we've ever seen play the game. If he had Gary Jr.'s mentality, we would have been looking at a megastar. He was so good. Uh, but he just didn't want to play. That was, that was the hardest thing. So, but with Nath, there was always – we called him the enigma because you just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, one of the funniest stories was – so back to that actual night in Sydney, 05 semifinal. So James Kelly. So a lot of us boys used to walk um, warm up in sneakers on the, on the field and then you'd come back in and you'd put your boots on. Anyway, so Nath was supposed to play that night and at the last minute, decided he was injured or whatever, just, just didn't want to play. He was only a young kid at that stage, but didn't want to play. So apparently he got dressed and went upstairs, got a pie or a Coke upstairs, I'm not sure what he did. Anyway, we've come back in to get changed, and James Kelly, who's got a size 14 uh, foot, couldn't find his boots. Like, just could not find his footy boots. We we're about to go out, so it was a wet night. He couldn't find his, going, what's going on here? Everyone's looking under the tables, through bags, through lockers. No one could find James Kelly's boots. This is two minutes before we're about to run out. So apparently someone called Nate or Nate came back into the room. So he was in a suit because he got changed into his suit. And he's walked back in, and Kel saw him. And Kel's gone, Nath, what the bloody hell are you doing? And he goes, what? And he goes, you're wearing my boots. <laughs> And he goes, well, I was wearing a suit. I only had sneakers. I didn't want to go upstairs in a suit, and sneakers. So he wore his footy boots. He walked James Kelly's footy suit? boots upstairs oh to get a God. pie and coke. <laughs> so Kels had to rip his boots off him, put them on, then we went out and played. Wow, he's <laughs> just—he so was a—he just, was, was weird, Nathan. But it's funny. I run, run into him every now and then, and he's just—he's—he's the a, a delight to talk to, Nathan. But I'm really disappointed he didn't go on and be the the player that I think he could have been and should have been.
0: It makes Gary even more amazing.
1: It does. It does. I mean Gary's mentality, I mean I know he was lazy, and it was pretty hard. I think his old man cuz his old man was a freak. Um, and he, his old man from all reports didn't train hard uh, and didn't do that many weights. You know, and he used to tell, I think he used to tell guys, you know, don't do weights. It'll stun your stun your body, it'll hurt your body, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so he had, if you got, if you got senior telling you that, you're probably going to listen to it, aren't you? But unfortunately, like I said, he just didn't train hard and all those type of things. But when he did, when he finally it all clicked for him, I mean, he trained hard, he worked hard, and then his ability was just, his ability was just ten
0: times better than anyone else's. Just amazing. All right, final question: Will we see you in the boxing ring
1: anytime soon? Well, we're just in talks at the moment, so there's a, there's a night going on. Is this ben- you serious?
2: You're going to do? Yeah, well, there's some a boxing?
1: night in Bendigo, so I'm not sure if you saw the NRL boys. X nrl boys and a couple of, Yes, yep. at the start of the up in Townsville. So the same company is bringing that down to Bendigo in December. Um, and so they've asked a few ex-AFL players yeah, right. they want to have a fight night. And that, I'm just in negotiations. Yeah. So they might be big. me and Big Fev. You'll take on the Big Fev. Fev might crush me.
2: Oh, it's just dance Yeah, yeah I'm going to dance
1: I'm gonna, so I it's three, it's three rounds they are 18 ounce gloves So we, we're basically Tickling each other oh, Okay so um, That's a good thing Yeah, yeah. So What
0: the, do you weigh At the moment Cam?
1: About 95 at the moment
0: What would Brendan Weigh at the
1: moment? About 125 I reckon
0: Where would we meet No for he's bite? looking
1: alright I think he's looking alright At the moment Feb. So yeah okay So yeah, it's right. three
0: rounds that, That's cool that's there's, there's a
1: few fighting I'm not sure exactly Who else but there's a Cruf, few
0: get Andy Collins Round two no thanks.
1: <laughs> He's still angry. He's coaching. Boxing who is your enemy? Who was your enemies back um, then? Who?
2: Well, not enemy. I loved him. Anthony Stevens. We used to. Yeah. Tag, uh He was. We used to have not not that we'd punch on much, but. Um,
0: Clarko, you punched on Clarko one time, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Well, no, I never punched on with him, but yeah, it'd be a good little fight. Two little midgets having a crack at each other.
0: <laughs> that might be a good one. <laughs>
2: uh, um, I'd rather just sit back and watch, you know. <laughs> go for it, you know. But uh, no, that's good. I'll look forward to that. We'll make sure. So we we'll see tune how we in. go.
1: We'll do a little bit of training. But we can have a little wager on that. Yeah. So with the tab. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do a bit of a well, we secret could, training. We, we could um, work something. I could go down in the third.
2: <laughs> Actually, do you know what? Be good. First twenty seconds. Wonder if there's some odds on that. Maybe go down and then we'll work out another fine <laughs> night a
0: few months later. No, Perfect. in our luck, there will be one step ahead of a range to go into the second or something. But Cam, we have loved having a chat. Thank you very much Thank for your you time for today, Cam Mooney, absolute superstar on and off the field. And punters, you've been listening to Inside Fifty.
3: There's a chill in the air, but the footy's heating up. And so is Tab's Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets, like head-to-head, anytime goal scorer and total disposals, all in the one bet to get bigger odds. It's available all season long on the Tab app and website. Build your AFL Same Game Multi with Tab today. Tab, long may we play.
1: Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help. one 858 858